0: This is your host, James Huey, and I welcome you here on Thursday evening, here on KGBC. I hope you'll be able to join us each Thursday evening as we explore the power for positive living through the concept of friendship. I do appreciate very much each of you who have been kind enough to react to our program from last week when we introduced the concept of using wellness psychology. And using it as a way of supporting and encouraging personal growth, positive attitude, and general wellness in the areas of physical wellness, emotional wellness, social, and spiritual wellness. I do appreciate also the... Reactions that have been very positive in the area of listening hospitality. Those of you who really seem to respond to the idea of listening hospitality as a way of creating a safe atmosphere, an atmosphere where what we call personal retreating at Friendship House, a place where basically people can dare to be themselves and get a chance to define what they want out of their life. It's been very exciting, and I do appreciate each of you who has been kind enough to share your thoughts with me. And I have as my special guest, Father Bob Flick of the Galveston Ministerial Association. Welcome, Bob. Thank you for coming. Thank you. It's good to be here. I've invited you because one of the things that I sense that we're trying to do in working with wellness psychology and trying to work with enhancing people's self-image of themselves and seeing it as a much more positive force. I've defined four areas that are, based on my experience as a psychologist, tend to be areas that people find the most crucial in their own personal growth. Emotional, physical, social, and spiritual. And I guess I wanted to start with one of those tonight, and that is in the area of how does a person start with and come to grips with their spirituality, the questions that people have, and the various ways in which we as individuals go about seeking them. And I guess one of the things that first comes to my mind, and Generally, when I'm interacting with people, it seems to be a question in their mind, too, is how do they differentiate? How do they tell the difference between growth in a spiritual nature as versus in a religious nature?
1: Spirituality, I believe, is common to to anyone, any human being. We all have some kind of a spirituality. We're all in touch, I believe just by definition with nature, for example, which is bigger than we are, which says something about power that it's bigger than we are, a power that is a force in the world in which we live. And when we're connected to that, when that is allowed to make a difference in how we live, then I believe we're touching into our spirituality. Of course, I come from a perspective, I'm a Roman Catholic priest, a Franciscan, Um, so I come from that perspective in my own spirituality, and therefore I interpret a lot of things in that kind of a way. But I work with a lot of people who who don't come from that particular perspective, who have deep spiritual rootedness. These people also can be religious. But religion, I believe, I would consider to be more a sociological term, that you connect yourself with a body of people, perhaps, who claim a title, who say, I belong to this or that religion. This is the way that I join other people in coming to celebrate perhaps my spiritual life in context of a community. But I don't believe that you need to be involved, necessarily, I do. (laughs) But there can be those people who do not need to be involved perhaps in an organized religion, or therefore may not be called religious people in that sense, who can be very deeply spiritual and very deeply connected to God to a higher power, you know, to however you want to define it. I think I would say that religion, I would see it more as a sociological term, and spirituality would be much more of personal interpersonal relationship that I would have with my God. That, of course, celebrated in the context of a believing community, a community where that may share very much the same belief that I have, the same creed, that can be my religion,
0: the way I live that out. As I listen to you talk about the differences and the, the similarities, I sense spirituality becomes much more personal, much more individual than, say, a, a religion focus. Am I hearing you?
1: When I would say, for example, our spiritual journey it would be my connectedness to my God. When I say my spiritual journey, it would mean something different although we, certainly related perhaps to how it is I celebrate that in the context of an organized religion.
0: Because in a sense in religion, there are so many different ways of looking at God. And yet you have
1: particular organized religious communities who share a common spirituality, who share a common way of relating to that God who's part of their life, who's part of their experience, perhaps share a common way of worshipping. Uh, share common traditions, share common scripture, Mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of things.
0: When I am talking with people and I I sense that as they go through their own personal journey establishing relationship with God, some people start off with a very basic one, which is, is God there? Is there someone with whom you can establish a relationship with? And I find that a very frequent question that a lot of people will bring, And they feel very guilty. It takes a great deal of effort just for them to be able to give themselves permission to ask that question. Have you had that happen in your dialogues with people? And if so, what kinds of approaches do you encourage them to go upon?
1: I think oftentimes it's a very healthy struggle that people go through oftentimes in their late teens or 20s or 30s where those kinds of questions become very, very important. In my own spiritual life, I don't really believe that we do the work in establishing a relationship with God, but it is basically God who does the work and God who takes the first step it's god who created me it's god who put me into being it's god who gave me a world to live in it's god who gives me friends to relate with it's god who makes the blood pump through my heart and it's god who provides the air for my lungs it's god who always takes the first step in the relationship but it's a god who is a god who offers me freedom perfect freedom and I don't have to say yes in that relationship. I don't have to buy into it at all. That's the kind of God that I believe that I have. And
0: well, does this personal freedom reach over into saying that I can question whether he exists? Certainly. Not. I think that we
1: have to be real honest with ourselves in any relationship we have with people, a deep, loving relationship you have with someone, perhaps your spouse. I'm not married, but my experience with dealing with couples, oftentimes, you know, you you get that question. You know, I. Sometimes I have a difficulty believing that he or she loves me, my spouse, and you, you pursue that in a, in a counseling setting, a spiritual direction kind of setting. The same thing with God. And sometimes perhaps it's a challenge to feel that my God is a good God or a loving God. Perhaps I've been sick or perhaps I am just happen to be seeing the world through that magnifying glass that's magnifying all the bad right now and all the ill in the world and all the sickness and all the kinds of things that, that seem evil. And I step back and I say, well, you know, who is this God for me, and and is this God there?
0: I sense not only do we ask, is he there, but, boy, oftentimes it comes with additional feelings of being very angry that God has allowed this to happen.
1: My experience is it's very difficult dealing with someone who does not allow himself or herself to get angry. To be angry is okay. What you do when you're angry is the real question. Even if I feel angry at God, that's okay. Where does it lead me? And it can be used, I believe, my feelings and my emotions can be used to lead me into a deeper relationship. Again, the analogy of a close friend. There are going to be those times when perhaps I feel very angry at that person. Well, I can blacken their eye, or I can sit down and be with that person at a deeper level and say, Mm -hmm. what's going on here between us? What's happening? And I think the same kind of relationship with God. God, why is it that I'm afflicted with this terrible disease? Why am I dying? Or whatever the person might be asking. You can be very angry, and perhaps you need to be very angry. And you need to say that to God. I'm very angry. And that can lead us, I believe, to a deeper a deeper
0: relationship. Sort of like what you would do with a friend or someone that you trusted and had a great deal of faith in. Very much uh, so. So it's almost like relating to someone who is a very personal and very close individual in the quest for spirituality.
1: Oh, I believe that, yes. And what we call prayer would be kind of the way we do that, that we can spend time with our God. We live in a society that sort of militates against the spiritual life. We tend to need to make things go, or make it happen, or make the box. Be active, and I believe that quieting in our spiritual life is very important to us
0: Well, we have someone who's decided to accept our invitation to join us. You're on the air. Well, I just wanted to say, uh, Dr. Yuri, how much we're enjoying your program, and how much Galveston really needs to know spiritually what's going on here, and how we need to have a positive, I know in the paper they want have a positive attitude for Galveston itself, but this is just hitting right along with the city right now, and really enjoying it. Well, thank you very much. I had a question. I'm a grown woman, and, you know, I went through a period of time from what I was taught as a child to what I believed myself as far as religion. So when I broke away, you know, my parents weren't real happy that I broke away from what I was raised. So now I'm having the same problem with my daughter, which is a grown woman. (laughs) So, you know, how do you do that without having the conflict within the family? You know, how do you, how do you keep it all under God, but, you know, we just attend different churches?
1: Within the family, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's very important that we recognize that we are called by the Lord into a personal relationship with the Lord, and that we celebrate that in the context of a community. In fact, we knock off the, the rough edges oftentimes within the context of communities, family, church communities, those kinds of things. Certain communities are going to perhaps feel more comfortable for one individual than they will for another. And I think it's real important to recognize that. For me, I don't know that I could be comfortable outside of the context of my Roman Catholic community. In fact, Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish right now, that's my home. And that's where the rough edges are kind of knocked off. And I think sometimes that I have to recognize that other people perhaps might not be so comfortable in that kind of a community and may need to look for a different parish community or perhaps even a different denomination. That's the way it is. I think that's going to happen. And I think we have to be very careful not to judge a person because of the choices that they're making us, but to make sure that we can facilitate them making the choices that are right for them.
0: Okay, thank you. Enjoy the program. Well, thank you. So often, one of the things that maybe is inherent in that question is people who have so many different ways of looking at the same issue. In other words, people who want to develop a relationship with God and choose different paths other than people around us. I heard you mention earlier about a spiritual direction. I hear this a lot in Friendship House in the concept of studying who I am I'll hear questions like is there a God or if there is a God how can he let such things go on how am I supposed to handle this difference when I am supposed to be very respectful and bow down and pray to a God in heaven and yet there's a part of me that says I'm supposed to be talking like he's sitting in this chair over here and he's right there very focused and very supportive and I'm confused and I say Now, can you help me?
1: And both are true. I think spiritual direction is a process whereby I believe that individuals would seek someone out, someone that they would trust, someone I would think that they would share some commonality with in in terms of their faith life and their belief systems. Someone that can sit down with and really share at a deep level what is happening in their life. In psychology, you know, we talk about personal development, personal growth. In spiritual direction, we use the word conversion to mean almost the same thing. But what it is, it's that added feature. We have a God who is alive and well in the world in which we live, who is alive and, in and words, well. spiritual
0: direction starts with the given that God is well and here. It starts with a given that the person that's sitting in
1: front of me is involved in a spiritual journey, a connectedness to a God in their life. And they're rooted there. And it may be different from a psychologist who does not really have to necessarily address that. Good psychologist, I believe, would address it, of course, if it were part of the system of the individual. But it would not have to be the system of the individual. But in spiritual direction, that's a given. That's an Mm -hmm. assumption. So my task as a spiritual director would really be to kind of journey with that person, to help them to be converting. The Lord converts us. The Lord calls us to change, to growth, sometimes through pain, sometimes through struggle, sometimes through suffering, sometimes through great joy and and uplifting experience. Nonetheless, we're always being called to more, to deeper, to richer in our relationship with the Lord. And that's called conversion. The Lord does it. The real question then is this person sitting in front of me, or me in front of my spiritual director, what's happening right now? What is the Lord doing in my life? My heart may have these hard spots on it. Well, where is the Lord's thumb right now, kind of massaging my heart, trying to
0: soften these parts that are hardened and need
1: conversion? It
0: sounds like it's an extension of learning how to listen to... a uh, well, very much part of that, sure. In other words, being aware of where God may be connecting to you and learning how to hear what he is saying exactly and respond and And learning how to respond appropriately so that would be what spiritual direction would be have as its primary focus right
1: and it's very connected to the human experience it's not something very ethereal and way up there it's very connected to the human experience what is my day like what is my week like what are my relationships like what is my moral life like what are my attitudes like what kind of things are getting in the way of my
0: saying yes to god's activity in my life Sounds like lots of different areas to explore. Yes. <laughs> An understatement. <huh? laughs> I guess the thing that was coming through was how to go about developing a personalized relationship with God. And I hear that frequently with people. And I sense that you were talking about spiritual direction as a way of doing that. Do most of the people who you have had interaction with see that as their major goal, or is that something that you tend to introduce when they come for spiritual direction? That meaning? The development of a personal relationship with God. I think that's very, very frequently at the forefront of
1: people's concerns. Perhaps they're not able to say that. Perhaps they're not able to verbalize that. But I think it's very, very important in the lives of most people that would, at least will come to sit with me to, to talk. We do what we do, you know, on Saturday or Sunday when we go to the temple or the synagogue or the church to be with a community of people and to worship ritualistically, and that's very, very important for feeding us, and we celebrate God's presence in our lives and our world in many, many ways, and family and prayer and things like that. But. The bottom line for most people is asking those bottom line basic questions. How is God in my life for me? And sometimes we run from asking those questions, or we get caught up in all the things we have to do, and there's no time to ask those questions, but I think they're there. And they don't go away. And some people address them very well, and some people just simply avoid or
0: deny their presence. Well, apparently we have one person on the line who doesn't want to avoid, so let's tune in and see. You're on the air. Thanks for calling us. Hello. I have a question for Father Bob. Yes, please go ahead. Father Bob mentioned that he was a Franciscan, and I was wondering just what a Franciscan is and how a Franciscan might approach God. When I say I'm a
1: Franciscan it means that I'm a member of a community who follow a kind of a spirituality of one of the great, I believe anyway, one of one of the great masters in the church, in the spiritual journey and that's St. Francis of Assisi. And many different communities have arisen to kind of follow in the footsteps of, of other great saints, other great leaders, other great masters in the spiritual journeys as well. For example, here on the island we have the Ursuline Sisters who follow in the spirit of St. Angela Marici, uh the Dominican and sisters who follow in the spirit of St. Dominic there are other kinds of communities that have grown up like that and so my community follows in the spirit of St. Francis who many people kind of identify as to the saint you see on bird baths with birds all <laughs> over him but that's really not, doesn't cut it uh, that's not exactly what I'm talking about when I say I think, this I think another
0: favorite. thing that I can see oftentimes is identify with being poor and focusing on either you being poor or your, a lot of your work being with the poor. Right. Almost all religious communities we take vows of poverty,
1: chastity, and obedience obedience. obedience, and we lived in community. For example, when we talk about the spiritual journey, one of the things that Francis, in terms of his spiritual life and his journey, how he came at the Lord was to go looking for God in creation and so francis would look for god in the places where nobody else would think they would find him an image that was used a lot in francis is is the leper in his time the leper was the outcast the leper was the one who was fringe in society and he was the one who had to ring a bell and, and could not come near so francis went among the lepers to live among the lepers coming to a point where he could embrace the leper as a real symbol and sign that he could find the lord in everyone talk about spiritualities. A Franciscan spirituality would be a spirituality that would go looking for the Lord in very creation-oriented. Would
0: an analogy of modern day be that Francis would say strive to work with people with AIDS? Very clearly,
1: with people who are
0: poor, homeless, imprisoned, people with AIDS, people who perhaps are a fringe in society. And seeking God and helping these people find their relationship with God very much.
1: More than to bring things to those people, attempting to really find the goodness that's already there in those people because
0: God created them. I respond very positively as I hear you say that because I I sense so often in our culture that people are looking to bring something to someone rather than creating an atmosphere where they can find it in themselves. Right, Right. And I sense the quest for spirituality is to find something that's there Twenty four hours of every day as an integral part of our lives. Which is to say, in what you're pointing up,
1: is it's spirituality is a mindset, it's a way of life, it's an everyday experience. You know, setting myself in the presence of the Lord, no matter what it is that I'm doing, where I am, that the Lord is there in some way, and how is the Lord speaking
0: to me now? And as I listen and hear you express that and encourage the integrated person and the integrated approach to seeing as human beings, I guess I'll go back to something you said at the very beginning and that spirituality and spiritual development can even be for the non-religious person, maybe even the atheist, the agnostic person, that spiritual growth is not just the sole property of a religious experience. Exactly. certainly do appreciate it it's just been a delightful evening i've just been amazed how fast the time has gone and it's just been fascinating to explore the whole area of spirituality hope we'll have the chance again to visit sometime in the future and i thank all of you who have been listening and hope you will join us again each thursday evening here on kgbc for the power for positive living through friendship this is your host james huey thanks for joining us and i'll see you next thursday night